I know, Lauren. You're our first guest. Yes, this is our first it's time with a third honor. person. <laughs> this is also the first virtual popcorn recording, which you know could be a game changer. For could the be the could be the move forward. It is the greatest honor. I am, as you know, widely regarded <laughs> as popcorn's number one fan. <laughs> I mean, just so you know, I I am a preparer. I literally have oh my god. Oh my god, she has notes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes, no. I was so ready. I remain ready. Perfect. I took <laughs> I also took notes on every track. Um, um so yeah, obviously don't worry about the video part of it. Um uh because it's we're not gonna like post a video of this anywhere, but I'm glad we all understand. Red the lipstick assignment. is just for the two of you. <laughs> yeah. Just so the listeners know, we all showed up to the Zoom wearing red. I'm, I'm wearing my, my Pomona College red, red bite, uh, red scooters version. <laughs> <laughs> I have a Taylor Swift red shirt, but I went with like the fall sweater yes, vibe no. instead. I did contemplate <laughs> my red shirt with, like yours. I went with the shirt that I slept in, which is a red, but it says weed in the Coca-Cola font. So I don't know that I like am quite on, but like, you know, you know, here, you know what I do have is these red sunglasses. This is so fun for the listeners. Oh. Yes. We all have our own interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. I know. We, we all came prepared. Anyway, I'm hello, definitely everybody. Yes, hello. Welcome back to Bobcorn. <laughs> everybody, give a hand, give a round of applause to Bobcorn's number one fan. Bobcorn's number one listener, also Bobcorn's potential legal consultant, Lauren. Hello. What an how honor. does it feel? May I how ask, does it feel? How are you? <laughs> oh my God. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Much she's for a stan. <laughs> oh my she God. Knows she knows the references. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for asking, Lauren. We are we are doing great. We are just so excited to have you here. I love how because this we're on is Zoom. The thrill of my life. Justin is leading this episode like it's a classroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'll calm down. I'll calm down. No, I love it. I love it. I hope it sounds okay, everyone. And um, it's going to be great. Lauren's here. Lauren, why don't you tell us about yourself? What do you want the listeners to know? As you know, we are worldwide. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my name is Lauren. I was uh, adopted later in life by this friend group. It is, it is a great joy uh, to be an adoptee of the Pomona friend group. Um, I am Popcorn's number one fan. <laughs> if I can just take a moment to explain my love of Popcorn, that may be useful. What I love so much about Popcorn is, and I think many of us fall into this trap of like, we only listen to our favorite, favorite things. And for me, that is Taylor Swift and Broadway musicals. Not everybody's cup of tea, but those are my things. And when I listen to popcorn, I learn about new music. I get hip to what's like the fresh kernels that are out there. And it definitely upgrades my playlist and my life. And also, it's like I get to be part of you two kikiing without having to exert any social energy as an introvert. I love that. So, yes, I identify as popcorn's number one fan. That was what I would like to share. 
Oh my god. That Thank you so, so much. Um, that really is like what I think is the secret ingredient to podcasts is like feeling like they're your friends. I think it's one of like the really nice things about recording and, and what a lot of people have told us is it just kind of feels like we're all hanging out together and it is talking really about nice. some of our favorite things. It's fun meeting your friends too, Justin, that listen, because I think they feel like they know me already, mm-hmm. which is like a funny feeling. But yeah, I'm glad that you all have that have that warm and fuzzy feeling. And welcome, Lauren. I do. So as Lauren mentioned, um, one of her two favorite things to listen to slash potentially in the world is Taylor Allison Swift. And today <laughs> on November 13th, the uh, no, lucky number 13 for Queen for Queen Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um uh, Red Taylor's version has been with us for about 24 hours. Um, Brittany has been free for about 10 hours um, or however many hours, you know, monumental. Shannon has been indicted for a number of hours. <laughs> it's what a time. Th- what a time. But we could not History. think of a better episode to have Lauren come in and christen the <clears throat> guest pool of Bopcorn with a deep dive into Taylor's version of Red. So. I'm honestly a little intimidated by Lauren in this episode because, well, both of you are, I think, like I'm probably the least Swifty in this trio. So I feel like, yeah, like some of these songs I don't even remember. So it was interesting. I know. know. Can't relate, can't relate. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a hack. So, you know. We're here for you, Will. We will guide you through. I, Taylor Swift is my favorite artist and Red is my favorite Taylor era. And I feel that I know these songs in my bones. I'm so ready to discuss them. This is, this is a dream. Well, Will and I were talking last night about how Red is kind of that album that came at the right time for people who are our age, right? mm -hmm. Like we kind of, we were just a little bit younger than her and were able to kind of like grow up with these songs um, in a way that was really kind of unique. Whereas like, I feel like Fearless was like, we were all a little bit past the age or like where she might've been like when it came out, like, you know, but, but Red was really kind of like, has always been my favorite era as well. So I'm just super excited to, to have 30 entire songs, 130 (laughs) minutes of Red. Um, It's a lot. It's a lot. But we will get through this together. We're so blessed. Yeah, I feel like, well, and especially for, I think, a lot of people we saw last night, Justin. So Justin and I went to the premiere party for um, Ellie McElvain's new Taylor Swift podcast, What's Your Favorite Taylor Swift Song? And it was also, of course, a celebration of Red Taylor's version. Um, congrats, Ellie. Can't wait. And, um, like for everyone there, Red was like the college Taylor Swift album. And so of course that has all these fun memories and it's a perfect Taylor Swift album to be the college Taylor Swift album, I think, cause it's kind of like her party songs, but also her, like, I'm a messy 20 year old with like a lot of feelings that I don't know what to do with. So it's giving both. 
which we all were messy college students with a lot of feelings that we didn't know what to do with. So I will say part of my relation, this album began my relationship with Taylor Swift, which didn't really exist. Like I, of course, was aware of like love story and the hits and I didn't really like them. So I kind of had no, I had a neutral to negative opinion of her until I was in Tokyo studying abroad and We Are Never Getting Back Together came out. And I was like, I feel like this is such a fun, irreverent, like self-aware. I feel like she really owns that. And I've probably mentioned on our Taylor Swift podcast that We Are Never Getting Back Together is my favorite Taylor Swift song. What? Then you come around again and say, baby, I miss you and I swear I'm gonna change. Trust me, remember how that lasted for a day? I say, I hate you, we break up, you call me, I love you. So I just like fell in love with that song and then loved the album as well. Although I don't know it backwards and front like you guys do, but it definitely made me like see how smart she is and how like how much she really gets it. So I was not a Taylor fan from the beginning. I like you will had heard love story and I was like, these are bad Taylor. I mean, I didn't get it. And then I was dragged to the Speak Now tour, a concert by a friend whose birthday it was, and I didn't really want to go, and I went, and um, completely, I mean, if you've seen her perform live, she's, like, just mesmerizing. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of into it. Like, she's a great performer. There are songs I've never heard before that are really charming. And um, then Red came out and really launched my my fandom. So it's the first album that came out when I was interested in Taylor and ready, ready to become a fan. And um, yeah, I think Red, you know, just as an album captures that like, yeah, that college thing, those, those first loves, like Taylor's earlier albums are, love is like a very sort of fantasy, fairy tale, you know, more hypothetical than anything. And Red is when Taylor went out and felt things while we were all going out and feeling things for the first time too. It's like, you know, those, those experiences, those relationships that are like that hurt, even when they're at their absolute best, they are causing you pain, but they're so incredible at the same time. And like every good thing that happens is exhilarating and every tiny miscommunication is devastating. And like, I, you know, we all have that journey. And I think it's so fun now to have the album come back out and to be like sitting in red again as someone far past that where like you get to relive the really exciting parts of that without ever having to actually live that ever again. <laughs> so I'm, I'm loving it. I'm living for it. I love red. I was really hoping before Taylor's version came out that she would do like a 32 version of 22. I know she's not quite <laughs> 32. She's like almost 32, but. If she had waited, maybe she'll still give it to us like next year. I think that would be really fun because that is very much like what you said. I, I completely agree. Like I really felt like 20, the, even the lyrics of 22 are so like, yeah, like we're having fun, but we're all kind of lost. Mm-hmm. It's okay because we're young. Yeah.
Um, yeah, I imagine that that's what it was probably like for her going back and re-recording all of this now too, is there is yeah. kind of a like wistful longing that, or like, like longing kind of like nostalgic look back into when times were weird and when times were crazy and exciting and all of our kind of different lives and I imagine that she probably felt some type of like fondness looking back even on those like really rough tragic pieces like Will and I watched um an interview she did with um Jimmy Fallon about All Too Well well about the album but really about All Too Well mainly because she said it was always her favorite song on the album and it's easily the most devastating song if not just on the album maybe that she's ever recorded and like the fact that that was her favorite right like even after all these years like the song that probably encapsulates one of the worst breakups of that she ever experienced like became something that was so meaningful and so powerful to her and and I think that that's something that's really fun about going back and re-listening to stuff that we had when we were that age when we were in our early 20s is like we really can go back into those memories and not like find the silver lining because not everything has a silver lining but just like remember the innocence remember the 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 loss feelings the confusion the excitement all of those different the 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 red of it all right you know she has always said (laughs) that that she called the album red because of the song because red has so many different emotions associated with it like there's passion there's love there's excitement but there's also anger there's you know there's jealousy there's all those different emotions and this album really especially this extended version gets into that I was listening to a podcast and the episode was all about nostalgia like why people love nostalgia and it was talking about the like uh like real neurological phenomenon that happens with your memories where like your brain only holds on to what it sees as valuable so for positive experiences or like for most experiences you forget the like boring parts but then for negative experiences you even forget like the most negative parts you your brain holds on to like the lessons learned and things like that like there was a study where a group of kids was going on this like kind of strenuous walking trip and they had to report like how excited are you how much fun do you think you're going to have before the trip how much fun are you having during the trip and how much fun was the trip after and how how excited they were was like the average was like eight or something and then during the trip how much fun are you having the average was like six and then after the trip how much fun did you have was like nine so like your enjoyment of something like your memory of how much you enjoyed something is always much higher than like how much you theoretically were enjoying it at the time. And the same for those negative memories. Like you look back on some of like the worst moments of your life and you can kind of like laugh at them or even just be like, you know, that made me who I am. And I feel like Mm -hmm. Taylor clearly feels that way about all too well. And we'll get into the video later. But I have yeah. thoughts about the video. That's as well. exactly how I feel too, listening to Red Taylor's version. It's like I get to experience college and think of it as a nine. <laughs> it wasn't, but right. so true. <laughs> that's what it allows me to do. And that's why it's so fun to listen to now. Yeah. Um, but before we get too far into Red, Lauren, um, 
We would love ready? to play a little game with you. Oh my gosh. It's I'm a popcorn. It's ready. a popcorn classic. You're going to be very familiar with it, but this one has a twist. So we're going to play a little game that we call Song Association Taylor's version. So you know the rules. We're going to give you 10 words. You have to sing a song that has that word in the lyrics within, let's say, 15 seconds. This version, you have to sing a Taylor Swift song specifically with these words. Now, we have confirmed that all these words are in Taylor Swift songs. So we're not trying to trick you. You We've also definitely... um... We've also definitely pulled some very um, Swiftian words. I think I think you will I think you will get a nice little chuckle out of this assortment of um, words that we have put together. So um, it does not have to be a song from Red, just a Taylor Swift song in general. But um, yeah, do you have any questions? No, I'm, I'm afraid. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, Will, do you want to time? I will time. Justin, you can read the words. Okay, your first word is rain. Uh, meet me in the pouring rain. Put me on the sidewalk, take away the pain. <laughs> I can't sing. There. <laughs> one for uh, one. Sparks fly. Such it's such a good song. My favorite song from Speak Now easily is Sparks Fly. Your next song is Guitar. He's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. Woo. We're, so we're starting you off. We're starting you off a little light. He's the reason for the teardrops on my guitar. The only thing I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm less nervous now. <laughs> You're doing amazing. I think you're going to get 10 for 10, personally. Your, your third song, or your third word, which is, is actually two words, but there are quite a few songs that have this combination of words in them. Your, your, your next phrase is 2 a.m. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, does 2.30 a.m. count? <laughs> Yes, I remember sure. that by 2.30 a.m. Everything's been... <laughs> oh my gosh, I know there are a million of these. That's just the one that came to mind first. Because you know everything happens to Taylor Swift between the hours of 2 and 3 in the morning. <laughs> Taylor does not sleep. That's no. true in these new tracks, too. Like, there was 3 a.m., there was 5 a.m. I was like, girl, go to bed. Go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Another go sleep, girl. I was re-listening to the album this morning, and I thought it. this isn't on here, but a really good one that's in so many Taylor Swift songs that could have been a phrase is fake smile. Oh, yeah. She loves that, like, girl with a fake smile, but it's hiding inner pain. Do you want to know what else she loves? Your fourth word, which is dancing. Uh, uh, the kitchen, dancing in the kitchen. In the, oh no, shoot. Is that right? Dancing yeah, in the kitchen mm-hmm. in the refrigerator light. That's an all too well, yeah? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We dance around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. 
I struggled. One. We got there. We didn't put smile on, but we did put a different body part, which your fifth word is eyes. All twin fire signs, four blue eyes. Yes. It was great. You honestly could have done all this from red. I am pulling a lot from red, yes. (laughs) Well, it's fresh in the memory, but um, I was like, let's do red. And then Will was like, no, let's do all Taylor. But I like all Taylor because I think that'll give you an easy uh, word for word number six or an easy song, which is woods. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? (laughs) Because everything happens to Taylor at 2.30 in the morning, but also everything happens to her. In, in the, the woods. woods. She loves the <laughs> or woods. Or the rain. It's either you're in the or rain your or in the woods. Anything's happened on her front porch. <laughs> or like someone's car. She's in a car frequently. She is driving with no headlights yeah. frequently. Um, and oftentimes when that's happening, it is song word number seven, night. Night. Oh no, I'm struggling. And I remember, no. Oh no, I don't have it. I don't have night. Okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're still you're do- doing you're better still than doing great. I regularly do. Yes. Um, your eighth word is kiss. Never thought we'd have a last kiss. There we go. That one Fun fact. Me. That's a sad one. Last Kiss is the first song I ever learned how to play on the guitar. Never thought we'd have last kiss. Ooh, I love that one. It's, it's a favorite. It's a good one. Um, word number nine is ever. <laughs> we are never, ever, ever. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Yeah. That was my contribution. Evermore would also work. There's a, there's a lot. I'm sure. There's plenty. But the hardest word of all. Oh, no. Your 10th word is red. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to pull from... I mean, okay, yeah, red, bum, 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 burn in red. <laughs> but there's also a lot of red lipstick we could have gone for there. So true. There's plenty. video where it was like or maybe it wasn't a youtube video maybe it was just a graphic where somebody like compiled for every album which color was included most in the lyrics of each album (laughs) it was a pie chart it was very funny and i think red was like for like three albums the most common color it's her color Mm -hmm. it's her color um so the way that i mean justin thought of some of these and then was asking me what to include, what for ideas. And I Googled 
Taylor Swift word cloud, which does exist. All her lyrics put into a computer and spat out a word cloud. And that's how I got dancing eyes, woods, night. That's classics. good. Well, it's nine, nine out of ten. I'm a little nine embarrassed. Nine out of ten, very I good. 100%. Night is hey, tough. you still got an A. It's though, it really is those kind of like everyday words Generic. that get you. Like me. I remember missing, missing, I think it was fire or like sun or just like something very like that's in so many songs and I just couldn't think of one. That'll get you. Yeah, later I'm going to think of like <clears throat> 20 songs by Taylor the Hefter. Right. Heard, but you're gonna like make a playlist and put all of them in it (laughs) you're like i will never forget again um can we take a brief intermission i forgot to get water before we started recording and my throat is dry from screaming at karaoke last night i will be right back minus two Dress up like hipsters and make fun of I'm in my room. It's a typical Tuesday night. I'm listening to the kind of music We haven't actually taken an intermission in so long, I realized. Like, I, like, put in a little break. Because we used to legitimately take, like, when I said, like, we're going to take a break and be right back. That wasn't just, like, for fun. We would really, like, take, like, a 10-minute break. But lately, we've just, like, gone through. Well, I have to go to the bathroom, so I'm going to take a break. Okay, take a break. Yeah, go ahead. But then something happened one magical night. I forgot that you existed. I guess hearing these songs however many years later, um, Lauren, how was it listening to, before we get into the vault, how was it listening to the first kind of like front 16 songs of Red that we had heard before? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if you all had this experience. Like I haven't been able to run this by someone enough to know if I'm making this up. But like when I listened to the Fearless Taylor's version, I felt like everything was pretty the same except just the scooch better and that was just delightful and then I felt like there were a lot of differences subtle but like it felt different like meaningfully different from the original album in a way that I found a little disorienting like at times it felt like somebody was singing a cover of my favorite songs like I don't know I had a little bit of a I'm still processing these new versions a little bit and some of them I do think on first impression are better but some of them I'm like what did you do with my song a little just a little bit 
Um, Interesting. Is that an experience that you both had? It feels like there are just greater deltas between original and new in this. I wonder. <clears throat> I wonder if you feel that way just because you know the original so well that the differences are so apparent to you. I definitely felt that actually, though, Lauren. Like, I I had the same reaction to Fearless, where I thought it was like a little like it was it was just like okay, Fearless was recorded in like 2008. Like it's naturally going to sound a little better when we record it in 2021 or 2020. But I thought, yeah, I had the same kind of reaction to a few of them. I was like, I thought most of them were better, but I definitely was like, oh, this sounds different. This production is different. Her voice is a little different here. She's singing this a little bit with a little bit more oomph or a little less oomph. There were definitely a few. It felt different enough. There's something about Fearless. Like, here's what I'll say for Fearless, Taylor's version, which I listened to a lot for someone who did not really like Fearless at the time. Like, it is, in a way, a little bit more removed from time. Like, she could release a lot of those Fearless songs today. And I do think a lot of the songs from Red and particularly like the production style of Red is something that feels very like of the moment of 2012, especially for like the big hits, like Trouble. Like, I just don't think songs like that get released anymore. And so like, I definitely was disoriented, particularly listening to uh, Trouble, just cause I felt like this song just belongs in 2012. So to hear it redone, I'm like, I do think, and I also think like Fearless was more similar to her production style that's pretty stripped down now, but Red was much more like, I feel like instrumental heavy and like maybe more experimental. And I feel like she stripped some of that down to be more consistent with like what her style is now. I do think instrumentally they're different. Like it's not just that she sounds better. Cause she and she definitely does sound better. I just need to adjust. There'll be an adjustment period because these songs are like such a comfort blanket, and to hear them even just a little bit different is like it's going to take me a little time to fully embrace Taylor's version, even though I know in many ways they're upgraded. Some of them are so similar, but like ever so slightly different that it's almost like an uncanny valley of like that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I think I'll feel that way about 1989 is what I was going to say. Cause I just feel like that's the album for me that I know front and back. So when 1989 Taylor's version is out, I think I'll be like a little disoriented. We'll see. Yeah. I I'm looking at this list and I definitely feel that. I think there was, there were a few that I immediately listened to and I was like, I loved this song. I didn't think I could love it anymore. And now it's like, Oh my God, like Holy ground. Holy Ground has always been a favorite of mine. I thought everyone slept on Holy Ground. I thought like people, I remember in the red days, like people did not love Holy Ground for whatever reason. And I was like, y'all, this is it. This is the moment. And then that drum line started and just the frenzy of it and the vocals and just, I was like, oh. And right there where 
Like, this is what it was supposed to be, right? Like, this is what it was. This is how she heard it in her mind. And now it's actually, like, coming out that way. And I think there were a few other songs like that for me. I think another one was I Almost Do. I think, like, the new I Almost Do. That one I, was a standout for me. And I also yeah. kind of forgot about the original. But I think I Almost Do Taylor's version is, like, in my top, for sure. I wish I could Um, what was maybe one of your what was what was maybe one of your standouts, Lauren? That that just what the the second you heard it, you were like, oh, this is great. I think the one that upgraded the most for me from original to Taylor's version was um, the last time. I think it sounds amazing on this album. I think it sounds mm-hmm. so good with her more mature voice. So that one for me is the biggest. Like that song maybe moved up in my ranking, <laughs> and it's a yeah. pretty set ranking. After this many years and this much enjoyment. So that's a big deal. I really, really enjoyed the remake of it. That wasn't one that I necessarily forgot about, but it was one that I was like, I like it. And like, it's there and it exists. And I remember just when I was listening to it the first time, like there was the the way that she sang that verse as a 30 mm-hmm. something year old Taylor. There were several songs where you could tell she like, and of course she wrote them all at the time. And of course she felt them all at the time, but there's some, you can tell she's like, oh, I actually learned what this feels like over the years where at the time I was kind of writing from like an emotion I was less familiar with. Um, The big one for me for that was um, the moment I knew the less mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal diss track. (laughs) That's probably my favorite of the like re-records is the moment I knew. You said you'd be here. And it was like And State of Grace. I thought, I think the new State of Grace, I mean, the old State of Grace, Justin says, I never appreciated as much as I should have, but the new State of Grace, like it's feels like it could be like, like if it was in a movie, feels like one of those songs that could be in a movie and then would be Mm -hmm. like remembered forever for being like this like sweeping movie moment or something. State of Grace for me, I'll never forget when we were driving back to LA from Brittany. But we were all really <laughs> hungover and we were like, I think it was after we stopped at Peggy Sue's diner or my car as we were like going 80 on the highway, put on State of Grace. And that is just like such a good highway driving song. That's uh, that and Holy Ground. This album is really like a road trip album for me because you will feel every emotion while you're, you know, driving wherever you're driving. I feel like it has to be announced, like this question, what is your favorite Taylor Swift song? My answer is State of Grace. State of Grace is 
my favorite Taylor Swift song. Like that is it for me. And Holy Ground is my second favorite on this album. Those are my absolute top two. So Justin, I see you. And they were back to back though. That was the opening to the Red Four. The thing that Red is about, that is State of Grace and Holy Ground. Like that, that feeling is for me best captured in those songs. Mm -hmm. Do any songs hit differently for you? Like listening to it as an older person now? Hmm. It's a good question. I will say like, maybe the answer is Starlight. I love Starlight and I feel like... um, Starlight is when Taylor, you know, it's got a lot of the sort of fantasy fairy tale like feelings that she has always played with and played with very early in her career in songwriting. But Starlight is like an elevated version of that. It is so it is like such an immersive sort of moment in story. And that bridge where she talks about like, let's dream big, let's have 10 kids. Like that's kind of, I'm, I'm engaged right now. And I have all these like big feelings that are about like a happy future and starlight really just, I don't know, it hits something in me. That's it's a little bit fantastical, but also starlight makes it feel like a real thing. It's such a real story and moment. And so starlight for me is hitting a little bit different these days. I think. I don't know if a lot of the songs on Red have that really earnest Taylor quality that I think like a lot of the Speak Now songs have or the Fearless songs have. Like I think of like Sparks Fly. I think of like Jump and Fall. And I think that those are kind of like almost companion songs to Starlight, right? Because they all capture that like levity, that that earnest levity. My answer, um, the lucky one, is really hitting different. I remember reading a review of Red Taylor's version and when they were talking about the lucky one, they said like, this is released like, it came out at like midnight, right? One of those reviews. So it was like before Britney was officially free. And it was like, this comes on the day that like Britney's conservatorship might end. If it does, it would be the rarest thing to ever happen. A coincidence that Taylor Swift didn't herself plan. Like, (laughs) which I thought was funny, but like the fans had pretty much figured out that it was about Joni Mitchell. Um, And like Joni Mitchell's like very quick, like rise to stardom. And then like, I am removing myself from society and you're never going to see me again. You're never going to hear from me again. Like, and that was kind of what Taylor was thinking about. But then if you look on Spotify, I showed Will this last night, you know how Spotify has those visuals when you're looking at the album and you have Spotify, the player open and plays those little gifts. If you look at the one for the lucky one, it is Taylor Swift dressed up as Britney Spears in the lucky music video. 
basically. Like, she has, like, a, like, old Hollywood hairstyle, a big white fur dress. She, there's a skyscraper in the background. Taylor has said that she's a Britney Spears fan. And I, that song always, and I don't know what your take on this is, Justin, but it always feels a little plagiarism-y of lucky. Like, I always get a little bit like, Taylor, Britney already did this song. I don't know. What are your least favorites, Lauren? I can tell you have a you have a couple that you're like, how dare you? <laughs> well, I I have to say that Sad Beautiful Tragic has always been my least favorite song on this album. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Will has always loved it. And I'm like, girl, that is so weird. That is not the type of song you normally like. <laughs> Taylor is the master of showing, not telling, like these details that make you feel. And to have her just explain to me that this was a sad, beautiful, tragic love affair, like show me girl like i don't i don't know i it was i it's not for me they all look like me because we had a beautiful magic love there but i think the what she did some people love it. The girl at home, like the new, it has a totally different sound. Complete. I mean, it's the hugest difference in just sound. And it, it sounds like a completely different song. And like, it would be one thing if it was like, um, you know, I mean, she can do as many remakes of Willow as she wants and I can love the original best and that's fine. But now it's like, I can't listen to the old girl at home anymore. I have to listen to the new one because of <laughs> Scooter. And like, I need to ethically, you've, cut me out of a song that I you know not a favorite but I like it and you've made a different one instead I'm a little I'm a little salty about about girl uh, girl at home We are never ever getting back together. That was worse. I, I kind I of agree. I don't like it. I don't like the new one. The we, the the we, that bit is like so bad now. Like it was always bad, but it was like fun, campy, and this got really too close to 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 the worst Taylor Swift song that's ever been released. The lead single from Lover that shall remain nameless, uh, but it rhymes with we. Never find another like me. Um, I mean, I already mentioned Trouble. That's the one I just feel like it's hard because I never liked it. I don't know that the new version is necessarily worse. It just like I've just never liked it. Now every time I listen to it, I mean, since forever, all I <clears> hear <throat> is the goats from that genius YouTuber who put screaming goats in the song. Trouble, trouble, trouble. 
Yeah, that's true. Maybe that's it. Or just like it was so the song for a while. And after I like loved never getting back together and I loved 22, then Trouble was the song. And I was like, let's actually have like a, let's have a video and single moment for Red instead. The singles were I Knew You Were Trouble, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, 22, Begin Again was a single. Everything Has Changed. Everything Has Changed. Oh, right. That's my least favorite of the album. (laughs) Like, I wasn't going to skip a single song on Taylor's version. Like, I went through, was like, I'm going to listen to this, the whole two hours of this. And I just had to skip Everything Has Changed. I don't I feel like all all the Ed Sheeran songs all the Taylor songs with Ed Sheeran like she allows herself to be peak cringy and corny in a way that I just like don't relate to this is gonna be an unpopular opinion but I think the best song she's ever released with Ed Sheeran is Endgame Oh, same. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a pop. It's a pop. But, and like Hold only off. her part. Only her part is good. Yes. That's true. He could be off that song and it would be exactly the same amount of pop, if not more. <laughs> if not better. Honestly. Yeah, I would have rather just had her have another verse. Because her verse is great. We tried to forget it, but we just couldn't. And I bury hatchets, put a keep map to where I put them. Reputation precedes me. They told you I'm crazy. I swear I don't love the drama. It loves me, and I can't let you go. Your handprints on my soul. It's like your eyes are like birds, like your body's gold. You've been calling my bluff on all my usual tricks. So here's the truth from my red lips. I wanna be your I can't wait. Justin was talking about how the vault tracks, which we should move into discussing, um, the vault tracks on Reputation are going to be some of the most like intriguing because that album is so all over the place. Like, who knows what's in that fucking vault? Whereas like (laughs) the Speak Now vault, like you can imagine what it's going to be. And even 1989... Like there's, I'm sure there's going to be some bangers in that vault, but like you're, you're, it's going to be like the vibe that you know that it is. Um, but let's but get into this. Thrilling point. Let's get into this vault. Thought. So yeah, Better Man's another one that like we've heard before, right? Like Little Big Town. Oh, right. She I hadn't it, heard she it. She gave but... it to them. I absolutely love it. I don't know. Like it, I, when I was driving home last night, I just kind of put red, uh, Taylor's version on shuffle and then Better Man came up and I was like, screaming along in the car I was like I was feeling it I was like I don't know who but somebody could have been a better man sometimes in the middle of the night I can feel you again but I just miss you and I just wish you anthem of all androphilic people like anyone who likes men like we wish they were better we wish (laughs) (laughs) um let's move on to nothing new well it's like enough conversation about the not phoebe bridgers song now (laughs) let's talk about the phoebe bridgers well okay we we have nine 
vault tracks to get through. I know. And Better Man, let's be honest, Better Man is not not the standout of this group. But Nothing New, on the other hand, is a standout. Maybe not my favorite, honestly, of all the bonus tracks, nor is it my favorite Taylor or Phoebe Bridgers song. But I do love it. It's very specific. It feels very mature. Like, I assume she went to Phoebe and was like, I want you to be on this. I wrote it 10 years ago. But it was like the right choice for her, I think, of all of these. Therapists hate them, as the meme says. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love the line, you know, how can, how can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22? Hits, it hits. And I feel like this song is such a good... Like to me, this is the the dark side of 22, right? Like 22, you're out and you're like living and then you come home and it's like three in the morning and you're in your studio apartment and you're sick and you're like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like these songs sort of happen back to back. It's like the flip sides of that same feeling of like, what am I doing? Woo! Yeah. What am I doing? Oh no. Yeah, um, so true. They, they pair. In the middle of the night, it's like I can feel time um anyway babe i love the sugarland version but i might love this version more i mean it's fun they're like they're fun companion pieces they're very different i love it and i think taylor wore it better sorry sugarland this is way better I mean, it's her song. I love the little, what about your promise? You promise it. I don't know. Just, yeah. The finishing touches, the cherries on top. It just yeah. is amazing. And, and the fact that that's how it opens, like you're like, oh shit. She's like, nothing new was not her ending someone else's life. We're back to ending careers and ending lives with Babe. Like. Absolutely. Uh My personal favorite of the new songs is, uh, well, other than the obvious, um, which we are purposely leaving to the end. Um, my fa- favorite of the new songs is Message in a Bottle. I love Message in a Bottle. I can't believe she was like hiding a couple bangers in the vault. Like this, to me, Message in a Bottle could have been like a single. Not now, but in 2012, it could have been a single and it would have been a hit. Like it would have been a smash. I There's know, not much it? to say about it. Like, it's just fun. I'm reaching for you, terrified. Cause you could be the one that I love. I could be the one that you dream. A message in a bottle is all I can. I knew you weren't going to like it, Lauren. Lauren and I famously, <laughs> over the years, discussing Taylor Swift, Lauren and I famously have like complete opposite like favorites and least favorites because I like that often happen I like the stupid ones and like the very like (laughs) indignant ones like that's my favorite version of Taylor I for me this song is super catchy and super boppy and when it first came on I was like oh yeah (laughs) I mean it sounds great it's so fun but it's kind of like emotionally empty I don't know it's a great pop song 
but it's not what I look for in my tailor. I can see why she couldn't like make it work in the album list originally. I think she already had that song and it was 22. She had better hits for sure. How about I Bet You Think About Me? I have nothing to say about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like no one has anything to say about this one. I want to like it because I, I honestly love when Taylor goes full country. Like I love, I love that moment for her from time to time, but this isn't it. It's just not, it's just not great. Yeah. It's fine. I don't think it's bad, but it's like, yeah, we can move on. When you realize I'm harder to forget than I was to live. You think about me. There's that one line where she's like, I bet your friends say she's better than me. <laughs> and that got me. But the rest of it, I was like, <laughs> um, let's move on to Forever Winter. I love this one. This is definitely in my top of the bonus or of the vault. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like it's one that has a lot in it to think about. Or like to listen to that I like. Like I feel like it's going to be one that over the years people are going to be like, "That's one of the best vaults." Maybe they're not saying that yet, but I think they will. That's my heart. I like it, but to me. It feels like a first draft of what later becomes Renegade, which I love and is kind of about the same subject matter and I think is elevated and kind of more mature take of the same kind of story. But it reads hmm. me like the first draft of what she later accomplishes so geniusly, but I still like it. That's kind of how it, it landed on me. I hadn't made that okay. connection, Lauren, but I actually like hearing you say that. I totally agree. I'm like... This this walked so Renegade could run. And since <laughs> yeah. Renegade ran, I don't know if we ever really needed this one to walk. I do like it. I'm like, I, I agree yeah. with you that it's a good song. I just, I, I see it through the lens of like loving Renegade, which I experienced as a similar story. The whole song is full of just absolutely emotionally brutalizing lyrics. Yeah, which is why I like it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. Um, I haters are hating. I like it. I don't like it either. I think Sorry. we just don't like Ed Sheeran. I think it's really that I don't like Ed Sheeran. This song has such a cozy sound to it, and this is like a fall album. I don't know. I'm like glad to have it. It's not. It's not, you know, one of my it top really tracks, fits on, but it's like a nice sound. It fits it on the album. Fit. It does sure. absolutely fit. Mm-hmm. Like you've run from the law. Darling, let's run. Run from it all. We can go like they're trying to chase. Um, let's talk about the very first night. 
which is another absolute like smash that came out of nowhere. Like such a pop hit. Just like message in a bottle. It's so boppy. It's so boppy. It, I feel like it's a little bit more substantive than message in a bottle. I agree. I think the very first night has a lot of similar lyrics to all too well. Which is very, like, there's, like, talk about, like, the kids dancing in the refrigerator, like, like, chase, being chased through the kitchen, right? Like, it's, like, telling the same story as All Too Well. Before the breakup. But, but, like, in this one, for the listeners, I'm about to, like, hold up a pair of scissors on the camera. But in this one, she's kind of, like, maniacally laughing and being like, <laughs> and then, like, she has the full mental <laughs> breakdown for 10 minutes afterward. And I do kind of like that energy of it. it's a little manic putting them back to back was definitely like just she wants to give us whiplash in the best way (laughs) she's like this is how I felt like oh felt like a sudden drop like yeah that's how it was There are no accidents in, like, the order of anything. I mean, Taylor does not play. (laughs) No, she doesn't. Um, Well, we're here at All Too Well 10-minute version. I loved the movie. Let's start with the movie. We started to get into this earlier. I love the ending. Because I think, if, if nothing, even if you hated Taylor Swift... Which, like, obviously none of us do. But I would say my relationship with her ebbs and flows. Like, I, she's not my favorite artist. I don't think she's perfect. Um, and she's certainly done things, done her, done her clownish behaviors. But, um, like, anyone would say about her that, like, she is really smart. And she knows herself. Like, she's so self-aware. Almost to a fault. Like, of course it's like depicting this painful experience, but she's also acknowledging at the end, like these types of songs that come from these experiences are what she's built her entire career around. She loves the fact that she has been able to like basically make lemonade out of like the worst lemon of like a really terrible breakup to like create a song that has like connected with millions of people. And so like in a way it probably is, I mean, I'm sure she would say that like, the relationship and the pain was like completely worth it. I mean, I think most people say that about breakups and and relationships and stuff, but like, especially for her. Yeah. And it felt like an acknowledgement of that without being too rose colored glasses about the whole thing. Like it still felt like a painful experience. Yeah. I think that pain really comes through in the movie. I think what I really, I think what you said there will about like how it's connected with so many people over time. I think like, there's so much about the 10 minute version of All Too Well that has transcended from like this one story that Taylor Swift singularly experienced and then wrote about in a very angry recording rehearsal session um, to like, this This is entirely a love letter to her fans, right? Like she knows exactly what she's doing with this movie. She knows that she is casting somebody with the ethos of Jake Gyllenhaal. She knows that she's feeding into, it's her way of like winking at the fans and being like, you're right. But then also it's not actually 10 minutes. It's it's 10 minutes and 13 seconds, right? Like it's, 
you know, very much like there are a lot of subtle little ways that Taylor like was like, this is more than more, more than about me. This is about everybody who loves me, loves what I do and loves this song, which like all too well is, has always been and will always be my favorite Taylor Swift song. I think it is in both versions. I think the 10 minute version is like the best thing she has ever written. I am so glad to have heard it. I'm like, I could, I'll stop now, but like, cause I could literally talk for an hour about how much I love the 10 minute version of All Too Well. Um, and we don't need that. But uh, <laughs> Lauren, what were your thoughts on the movie? You know, the movie was okay for me. It was a fine experience, but I have a much more emotional reaction to just watching her sing in the lyric video. Like that I love. Um, so I don't know, the movie didn't totally do it for me, but the song completely does. And I have to say, I, I don't know, like Justin, Will, if you were, how you were feeling about the 10 minute version of All Too Well before it dropped, like if you were super hyped for it, Justin, I think you were <laughs> very hyped. I was a little bit, like I was excited because I'm always excited for Taylor content, but I thought it would probably be like a little overindulgent and maybe a little, like, I didn't think it was going to be something I'd want to be listening to regularly. You know, I thought it would just be like an experience. I love this song. It is incredible. It completely floored me. Like I was wrong. I was worried that it would be that, but I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't think she could, I don't think she could do that with this song. Like if the five minute version if she had to cut so much to get it into the five minute version, like I wonder, like I was like, I wonder what was on the cutting room floor. And it turns out there was a lot of juicy shit on the cutting room floor. Absolutely. Off the patriarchy keychain, key that whole, the, your idea of me, who was she? The, your love, I grow older, but your lovers stay my age. <laughs> Oh. I want to know who cut you kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. That what motherfucker cut that line. <laughs> that I was gonna say that's the line for me of the entire album. That's like oh shit. There were so many. I mean, I I tweeted this that I like spent the entire ten minutes just going like. <gasps> <sighs> it really, you know, what's crazy though about it is that like. It is, I mean, and Taylor said this on Jimmy Fallon, like, this is the version of the song. It's crazy that it's 10 minutes, but it doesn't to me sound like a song that's way too long. Like, it feels like you told, like, this is the amount of time that this Mm -hmm. song took to, like, be what it should be. And, like, now the five-minute version feels like a teaser or something. Like, it's just not (laughs) enough. It's not it anymore. I think one of the things that I love the most about it is the fact that it's, turn it it, I think the 10 minute version shows and I I texted you both this like it shows that evermore and folklore like the like way that she plays with melodies the way that she'll like totally switch up the sonic structure of a song halfway through on some of her most recent albums like that was an instinct that she had when she was 20 right like this like the way like this is like in the like sometimes people are like this feels like it was three songs put into one and this feels like there are melodic structures that belong in different songs but they all fit because it shows how how ever changing this like tumultuous tidal wave of an emotion 
was for her. It's just so, it's so masterful. You can have whatever opinion you want to have of Taylor Swift. And we have, we have complicated our, our relation, as Will said earlier, our relationships with Taylor Swift on this podcast before. Like we, you know, you cannot walk out of listening to that song and be like, she's not a good songwriter. I think it's like the song, I mean, I, especially now that it has like gotten the sort of like single treatment and like publicity push that it like didn't get at the time. Like, I feel like now it'll be one of the songs. And I talk about this a lot on Bobcorn, like her song that she will be remembered for as being like so tied up in exactly who she is. Like I always reference Thank You Next for Ariana being like her song. It so encapsulates who Mm -hmm. she is and her public persona. Like this is the Taylor Swift song. I always thought it was Blank Space. But I feel like it's almost, I mean, they're both kind of doing the same thing. I'm just. They're two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah, representing like who she is to like the world. It is funny. I mean, like we watched an interview with Taylor and uh, Dylan O'Brien who plays the like Jake Gyllenhaal stand in and if, and they like are very adept at like waving off the like Jake Gyllenhaal or like is this based on a true story questions and like their like PR line is like this song means so much to the fans and like to everyone it's about a different person and like that's how we want it. And, no, and it's like, okay, it's about Jake Gyllenhaal. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I mean, like, that's fine. And that's true. But, like, it is also about Jake Gyllenhaal. Do you believe that this song is specifically about Jake Gyllenhaal taking Taylor's virginity and then breaking her heart? Because that is the yeah. current fan theory that I have seen. I don't know about her virginity. I don't know about that. Didn't she date John Mayer before this? Like, I don't necessarily stand with this theory either. But I, don't I think Taylor Swift was fan. sexually active before this. <laughs> if we <laughs> want to speculate, I mean, I know it is actually one interesting thing that comes through with the vault tracks is like there are these alcohol references that were clearly her public persona didn't allow for that at the time, right? Didn't allow for alcohol, didn't allow for sex. It wasn't until later that she could openly sing about those things. But I imagine that they were a part of her experience, both of those things, <laughs> before Red. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, now I'm realizing that night is in this line, but night where you made me your own, like that to me is like a sexual line, but not like a first time sexual line, just like a... The one kind of convincing line is, uh, and then you wondered where it went to as I reached for you, but all I felt was shame and you held my lifeless frame. I thought I think that that's maybe... like a rebound sex thing that is complicated but I didn't think that was like a first time sex okay it could be that too (laughs) what this has made me excited for is dear john feature length film version (laughs) and I feel like she I mean I hope she feels this like she doesn't actually want her fans to be like hating these men even though they do and she kind of knows that they do she's not she doesn't want to be or at least she doesn't want to be accused of or like legally liable for like basically like <laughs> trying to ruin someone's reputation or like sick her fans on like, you know, John Mayer, Jake yeah. Dylan Hall, Harry Styles, et cetera, et cetera. No, now she buys their baby's presents. Well, Taylor's someone who like the more you dive in, the more you're going to enjoy. And I think part of why I've grown to like her more and more is because now I feel like I'm part of like, I mean, she's just so self-referential. 
that I think in a way, if you just like randomly decided to listen to Taylor Swift, you'd especially certain songs, you'd be kind of like, what? But like the more you dive in, it's like Game of Thrones. The more you're like willing to just like fully immerse yourself in it, that's what kind of makes it fun. And I feel like Mm -hmm. Taylor is an artist who's like that. Absolutely. Like Red for me, you know, Red is an okay song, but then in daylight when she sings, like I once believed love would be burning red, but it's golden. It's like, it makes red better. It makes the Mm -hmm. song, the whole album. It makes daylight incredible. Like she does do so much of that. And she is such a journey from album to album to album. I mean, absolutely. It's it's like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think Justin, you said the Taylor Cinematic Universe. That is that such a real thing. Yeah, it's it's sort of a tradition that we started a very long time ago. I think the first time that I started dropping sort of cryptic um, clues and things in my music was when I was I was fourteen and fifteen, putting together my first album. I wanted to do something that incentivized fans to read the lyrics because my lyrics are what I'm most proud of out of everything that I do, every aspect of my job. So I really wanted people to read the lyrics. So in my lyrics for my first, you know, several albums, I would have all lowercase letter lyrics except for capital letter, capital letter, capital letter every once in a while. And if they circled the capital letter and wrote them down, it spelled out a secret code, a secret passage, a sort of, it was really, it was really fun and it would either tell them a story about the album or a hint about what the song was about. And so that's when it started, but when it got out of control was <laughs> yeah. was when I started to realize that it wasn't just me that had fun with this, that they had fun with it too. Oh, yeah. And I should never have learned that because then I couldn't stop. And then all I started thinking of was how do I hint at things like, how far is too far in advance? Can I hint at something three years in advance? Can I even plan things out that far? I think I'm gonna try to do it. There was the first time that we did a crazy video like that was a video called Look What You Made Me Do and I started playing with doing nods to former musical eras I've been in in my career and all kinds of weird stuff for them to just go through the video and be like, that over there, what's that? What's that? What's that? Does this connect to that? What does that mean? What is I do that. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. We could not be more excited to have you. So come back anytime. We'll have you back for uh, whatever's next. Oh, here's a good final question. We were discussing this last night. What order do you think she's going to release the rest of the Taylor versions? Mm, I think 1989 is next. I think 1989 is next. It's super popular. It's, you know, I I think that's going to be next. What I wonder is, is she going to release every, I mean, it, it, it's hard to imagine how she's going to keep ramping up. Right. And I have total faith in her ability to do it, but like fearless, you got some new tracks and then now red, we got several new tracks and a movie. And it's like, how is she going to keep well, my, up this stair step? I feel like 1989 is so many people's favorite Taylor Swift album. It's like probably what critics think is her best album. I'm just wondering, can she really end? Like, if it is going to keep building, can she really end with, like, Speak Now or Taylor Swift? Like, she can't. I that's think what she makes is going to end with Taylor Swift. I think but like, my fear that I told Will, Lauren, is that Taylor Swift is going to be the last one. Like, she's not even allowed to do Reputation yet, but I actually think Taylor Swift is going to be the last one and then she's going to retire. This is a very alarming idea that I do not enjoy. <laughs> 
I just don't, she doesn't give me like, I'm tired of working or I'm tired of making music at all. So I, I'm confused by that. I could see her taking the a break. New content we've gotten in the past two years. Yeah. I mean, the woman's a workhorse. It's not sustainable to keep that up though, right? It's not. I mean, I could see her taking a break. I just, she doesn't seem like someone who's like, I'm done now. I feel like she's got. Her whole thing is to constantly pivot. Like she is always pivoting and giving us a new genre, a new sound, a new shtick. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe there's a limit to that, but we have not seen it at at all. We've talked about that before on Bobcorn. Like the secret to longevity in pop music is to con like reinvention. That's Madonna and Britney. That's the only way they've been able to stick around is like every album feels completely different. You Um, gotta have eras. Taylor has multiple eras. I think there are more eras to come. I feel like, well, the other thing too that will be interesting is like, what what is she going to do with Better Than Revenge? Like, what is she going to do with her songs that like have not aged that well? I just think it's so interesting to leave Speak Now to the end. And And Taylor Taylor Swift. Swift. Yeah, but I wonder if she is going to do something different with those. And I don't know what I mean by that exactly, but like... Like maybe just an abbreviated... Drop those albums, even with a couple like interesting bolt tracks. It's going to get old. She's going to do something different. I mean, I think about like, you know how at her concerts, how she does those like mishmash songs where she'll mix two songs from two different like eras and sing them together I don't know I mean she might get more creative with the remakes over time but and that would be a good like the album to totally reimagine would be Taylor Swift right so that's a good point I think I mean I definitely trust her if nothing else her business sense true (laughs) so yeah um any like closing thoughts any message for the listeners or for us before we sign off well, I love you both. This has been a privilege and an honor. It is it is such a great time to be alive. And just thank you. It's been fun. Yay. Well, it's been fun for us. Can't wait for the next Taylor's version. We hope you'll make time for us on your schedule to come back. Yes. And um, I will talk Taylor with you anytime, any day, any week, any album, any song. Call thank me. God. To everyone else, write in your favorite a song from Red Taylor's version. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Bobcorn Podcast. Leave us a review. You know the drill. And we love you. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye, everyone. I walked to the door with you. The air was cold, but something about it felt like home myself i mean we'll end up talking about most of the album i think through the conversation i just wanted to make sure that the episode wouldn't be like two hours unlike the album unlike the album there just is more to say about some than others that will just naturally be yeah of course of course oh your sweet disposition and my it's funny because even the like, even the memories of like being really pissed off at people and like in my field, alone in my room, listening to All Too Well on repeat, like I even look back on that with like a little bit of a smile now because I'm like, oh God, like we were so young then. Like we really, you know, like we, we didn't know shit things. about fuck. 
Yeah. We didn't know <laughs> shit about fuck, nor did we know fuck about shit. And no. that was the time. I always play them, you know, with you. Like when you play a game, I'm always like trying to play too, but it's not usually something that I know. <laughs> so I enjoy that. Oh my god. What's your what's your favorite game that we've ever done? Other than this one, other other than your game. Oh, the one you did recently where it was like, is this a lyric or is it like a um Oh, what was the game? It was so funny. <laughs> it was like we did, is it a lyric or is it chicken soup for the teenage soul? Oh, that was funny, but that's not what I'm thinking of. It oh, was like, is it a lyric or like a deranged tweet? Or like, yeah. Is it, is, it, is it a song lyric or is it something that Reese was said on During her arrest, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was my favorite game. I like cried laughing during that game, but I oh, love I all your games. That's a standout. <laughs> Um, that has been a fan favorite that really, I really put in the work on that game. You did. That game for the, for the true heads was called Trick, Treat, or Bob. And you held my lifeless frame. I know it's long gone and there was nothing else I could do. And I forget about you long enough. So also, cute. shout out to Taylor Swift as a ginger. Oh yeah, she looks so in good. <laughs> she I, looks I, I want so that good. hair on her. I want that hair on her. We always go on. When we try to do a fresh kernel, we always end up doing like five and like, yeah, we already have an hour. I have my one. If we want to limit it to one, I have one. No, we're not going to do any. <laughs> Well, we're gonna record. We're, to edit. we're no. gonna record again soon, anyway. So yeah. you can save it. You can save it. Perfect. Um, Popcorn's legal consultant and Taylor Swift consultant, Lauren. Yes. We'll be calling you again, also, if any artist decides to sue me for using too much of their music in the episode, so. Which very well could happen. I did put the entirety of Summer Walker, fourth baby mama in the last episode, the full song. Um, I must advise against this, but (laughs) but I'm here for you. (laughs) It's like underneath us talking mostly. Okay.